Hey there, Workplace Warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Welcome to another edition of the Do This Sell More Show. I am Dave Lorenzo, and today we're going to talk about how you as an entrepreneur can leverage niche marketing and speaking to grow your business. And today, I am honored to have someone who I use as a case study all the time, my friend, my longtime client, Mr. Brad Gross. Let me tell you a little bit about Brad and why you want to hear from him today. And the reason you want to hear from him is because he is doing exactly what I tell you to do all the time. He is leveraging his unique ability as a professional speaker to grow his business, but he's focused on a niche market. Brad is an attorney and he's based in Western Florida. He owns the law firm of... Well, the law firm of Bradley Gross, that's his name, that's the name of his firm. He focuses on intellectual property and he works with technology businesses. And he even gets more specific than that. He's an expert in a couple of very focused areas in technology, but his background is that he started the way many lawyers start. He was a prosecutor in New York and then he was a prosecutor down in Florida. And then he decided he wanted to get into what his passion was, and that was technology. So he really immersed himself in the area of technology law, became an expert in that, and now is like the godfather of what are called managed service agreements. Brad's going to tell us all about that. He's going to tell us how he focuses on being an entrepreneur first and then a lawyer second, and he's going to demonstrate to us the skills he uses as a professional speaker to build his business. Before we get into all that, let's welcome him to the show. Brad, welcome to the Do This, Sell More show. Hey, Dave. Nice to be here. All right. So Brad is obviously uh, coming to us either from a prison cell, a hotel room, or the bedroom of his home. So thank you, Brad, for joining us. Hopefully you get out on work release soon. Yes. Well, I'm working from the home office in the bedroom which is much preferred to the sterile office setting that I'm normally working out of. So I'm actually you know, happy to be here and happy just to be relaxed in, in this environment and talking to you. And this is the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur. You get to do what you do best from whatever environment you want to do it in. And I have the kind of relationship with Brad where I can kid him. So those of you who are watching on YouTube, please I need you to understand that he's obviously not in a prison cell. If it is a prison cell, it's the nicestly appointed and furnished prison cell on the planet. So Brad, talk to us a little bit about why you chose technology law for your focus in the first place. How did you pick technology law? Well, I would like to think that I didn't pick technology law as much as technology picked me. I started out at a very young age, age 10 or 11, as a programmer, uh, as a a small computer hacker on my little TRS-80 Model 1 Level 2 uh, with a 300-baud modem, and, uh, you know, that was my passion. They say that you should always pursue your passion in life. Well, that was my passion from a very, very young age. It sort of evolved into what it is today, 
and I think that because it started out as my passion, it probably uh, is the reason why I enjoy doing it so much, why I find it to be very um, comforting, very stable, uh, and, and simply um, it doesn't feel like work all the time. I mean, sometimes it does, right? I mean, work is still work, but it feels very natural because I pursued something that I was passionate about, that I really started out with at a young age, and turned it into something that uh, has really grown into a, a really great practice. You know, Brad, you mentioned that it doesn't seem like work. And to me, that is such a huge point that a lot of people miss, especially in the practice of law. I, I know a lot of lawyers. I know a lot of entrepreneurs. And one of the things that the serial entrepreneur and the lawyer has in common is they don't want to go to the office every day, and it's for two different reasons. The serial entrepreneur has a five-year time horizon, then he wants to get out of that business. The lawyer doesn't want to go to the office every day because he absolutely hates it. He'd rather have a colonoscopy than go into the law office and deal with his partners. You have hit on something that I talk with a lot of my clients about, and generally when people come to me and they say, hey, I need help developing business, I say, well, t tell me about what your unique ability is, tell me what your talents are, tell me what you really enjoy, it has nothing to do, it's completely separate from the business that they're actually in. So you hit on the fact that you love what you do so it doesn't really even seem like work. And for me, that's a, that's a key point because if you're going to spend all this time developing messages that resonate with your target audience, it's easier when you're already inside the mind of your target audience. So tell us, who are your ideal clients and what are they most concerned about? Like right now, who's your ideal client and what are they most concerned about? So my ideal client uh, would be a, a technology provider. And by that, I mean somebody who either has technology and wants to provide it to others to make their lives easier, more profitable, right, more productive, or, or a company that requires the technology to make itself more profitable, more efficient, and so forth. And that's a pretty big niche when you start thinking about it. So the ideal client is really a client that requires not only technology, but, but needs to reduce if not eliminate liability in their lives that's really what it comes down to you know i represent media companies i represent digital agencies managed service providers value-added resellers uh, equipment manufacturers and so forth we represent them globally and the one thing that they all have in common regardless of size regardless of product or service is that they all want to have virtually no liability or at least have a reduced level of liability in this litigious society we live in. So in order to do that, uh, they look for people who not only understand the liabilities they face, but understand what they do at a grassroots level, right? It's not just, you know, I'm not, for example, a, a guy who um, understands computers and went to law school. Uh, I'm, I started off as a little computer hacker. Uh, I'm not somebody who just turns on the computer and says, yeah, I understand how to use this operating system. And that really, that grassroots understanding helps companies feel comfortable. It makes them realize that you know what you're talking about. And it also makes them realize that they're not going to pay to teach the person they're speaking to to learn their business. The person they're speaking to, namely me or my staff, we understand the business already. And that comes from 
uh, as we said earlier, you know, pursuing your passion and turning that into um, a, a job, turning it into your career. All right. So, Brad, how did you end up picking managed services as a as a as a market niche? What from a from a business strategy standpoint made you select that area? Well, I saw the need. So we're going back to around 2002, 2003, when uh, computers generally were starting to become what they called back then distributed. So they started to distribute information into various locations, different physical locations, instead of just being on one desktop, suddenly, you know, things started to become distributed over broad geographic areas. And that need created, uh, the need for distributed computing created the need for agreements and, and understandings between technology companies and the people that they were serving. Uh, and I saw that need. Um, you know, we would have, uh, I would have a client that would come in and, and start discussing uh, its distributed network and how it wanted to expand and maybe move things into the internet and leverage the internet and the web uh, more often than not. And I listened and I find that, you know, really, if I think back to some of the keys that, that launched me into this area, it wasn't so much uh, that I made these aggressive steps and, and, and moved into this area. It was more that I listened. I listened to what people were asking for. I listened to what they were starting to do. And when you really listen and you think, gee, that's a problem. How do we solve that? Uh, that will push you in the right direction. So I think that keeping your, your finger on the pulse of the industry and talking to clients, not just about what the need is on the table in front of them right now, but what are their goals three years out, five years out, and so forth? They'll tell you what they need. And if you can figure out a way like I did to leverage what you do to satisfy that need, then not only do you have a client at that moment, you're going to have a client for the next three to five years. And that's what I did. I love it. That's great. So how has that benefited your business? How have you been able to reap the rewards of focusing on exactly what your clients need and delivering it to them? So it's benefited my business, obviously, because we, from a very, very early point, from almost the, its infancy of distributed computers, which has now become managed service providers and so forth, uh, you know, we, I got in at the ground level and I've been working with it ever since. So that helps obviously my business because we were there first. And, uh, I think that we probably have the, the most obvious conspicuous presence in that part of the industry. Uh, it also helps the business because when you do what you love to do and you do what your passion is and you do that, which you understand best that comes across. That comes across to your clients. That comes across to the people who are considering hiring me, um, uh, especially, you know, where, where I see it is in these, um, what I call the fashion shows, right? The fashion shows. So a client, a technology client will come in to the office and they want to talk to me, but they're also interviewing a lot of other law firms, right? They're interviewing the, the thousand person law firms or the 500 person law firms. And then they'll come into a boutique firm like mine, um, because they're doing their due diligence. And what I have found is that because I pursue my passion and because I am engaged in 
things that I really like doing, um, they will often, most often, in fact, virtually always hire my boutique firm for that need because it comes across. They understand that, oh, here's a guy who understands what we do. Yeah, that's a big law firm out there. And, you know, they might have 500 people, but they're just going to bounce my thing around until they find the right person there. And no one's really going to get me. Here's somebody, right? Here's somebody who knows exactly what he is doing in what in my area. And so it really benefits the firm. It really does. It's helped my career. It's benefited me in that um, I have been able to convey ideas and philosophies and strategies to technology clients that others simply can't. Perfect. Very good description. Thanks very much for that. So if you're just joining us, folks, and you're just dropping in, somehow you stumbled upon this video on YouTube. My name is Dave Lorenzo. Every day I host a show called the Dave Lorenzo Daily at 5 p.m. on YouTube. Once a week, every Thursday at 12 noon, I host a show where I interview an author, an expert, or the CEO of a company who is absolutely killing it. Today our guest is Brad Gross. He owns a law firm in Weston, Florida, and his focus is on helping technology service providers and digital agencies with their legal needs and he does exactly what I tell people to do all the time. He leverages speaking engagements to grow his business and he focuses on a very specific market niche. We're going to continue to talk to Brad and I want to get into how he leverages his incredible ability to be a fantastic speaker. But before we do that, if you're joining us on YouTube, you need to hit that big red subscribe button. You need to punch that subscribe button and ring the bell. And the reason you need to do that is because I want you to be notified when we go live with interviews just like this. And today, if you were watching live, you would have noticed that the lights went out and we had to reboot everything. You missed that if you're if you're listening on the podcast. You missed me pulling my hair out and going crazy. It was quite a sight to see. So please, hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. If you're listening on the podcast, please join us over on YouTube. We've got all kinds of great stuff over there. All right, Brad. Now, I want to talk about your ability to grow your business leveraging speaking engagements. How did you, when did you first realize that you were able to use speaking engagements from a business development perspective? And then when did you realize that speaking was going to be your primary method to introduce yourself to new people in your market niche? Well, I would like to say that uh, I realized that early on and that I pursued it and I honed that skill, but that would be disingenuous. The genuine answer, and I know you weren't expecting it, nor did you solicit this, is that I realized it when you told me that that was really, you know, that could have been my strong point. And we're going back, what now, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago when when I started to work with you. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to you. Uh, and you just got an unsolicited uh, uh, endorsement. But it's true. I was doing speaking engagements back then because, you know, I was told that I had to get in front of a bigger audience. The problem, of course, is that it doesn't just relate to getting in front of a bigger audience. You have to have a message, right? You have to have a strategy going in. You have to have a message that you're trying to deliver. You have to think about the pain points of the audience that you're speaking to. And you have to do it in a way that is jargon-free. And if you can you know, perfect those skills, which you helped me do, again, unsolicited endorsement for those listening, um, it, it, it will... It will launch your career. It will push your uh, productivity exponentially. And that's really what I did. Uh, with your help, 
uh, and, and experience. I engaged in not just any speaking engagement. I didn't just get in front of any crowd that would have me because you could always find a crowd that will have you, right? You'll always find somebody that'll say, yeah, we need a speaker. Come on in. No, you first have to find your target audience and, and figure out who that is. And you also want to make sure, in my opinion, uh, that the target audience has the ability to hire you or to make a decision. Because if you're speaking to people who do not make decisions, well, then you're going to feel real good about yourself. But it's from a career perspective, from a business perspective, it doesn't really help you, right? That was the issue when I, uh, you may remember, Dave, that there was a time that I was on NBC TV. I was a talking head for technology law. It was great. You know, I had a lot of fun. It was great for the ego. I would be on TV and so forth. But I wasn't reaching a target audience. I wasn't reaching CEOs. No CEO was watching me at four o'clock in the afternoon on the local news uh, talk about technology and computer law. So, you know, I think that the skill set of target audience, message, pain points, and uh, jargon free, I think those are the keys to speaking and acquiring clients from your speaking engagements. Perfect. Very, very, very well said, and I appreciate your uh, kind words. Explain to the audience that you don't just show up, throw up, and leave. You actually you have a plan going in, and then what do you do to make sure that each time you go to speak, you come away with solid leads and you convert at least some of the people in that room into business. How do you make sure that you take the butts that are in the seats and convert them into clients? Well, the best way to convert a, an attendee into a client is, well, there are two ways. You either teach them something that they didn't know, but they should, right? And make them aware of an issue, I should say, that they have, a problem they have that they didn't know they had, but now they realize it. Or, of course, you touch upon an issue that they're well aware that they have, a problem that they're, they're well aware of, and again, uh, convey the idea that you're the person to help them solve it. So, uh, you know, I think that the, the, the very uh, initial um, example that you gave me 10 plus years ago, and I have stolen the idea and I've told it to several others, uh, is, is that uh, it was the idea of the physical, of going into a doctor's office and, uh, for a physical. And, you know, you remember that. And I'll, I'll convey it in 30 seconds or less now. When you go into a doctor's office and you ask for a physical and they give you a physical, you know, and they, they put you down the schedule for two weeks or so, you don't think much of it because it's two weeks from now. And then, of course, if at the day after the physical, you get a call saying, look, we think we saw something. We're not sure. We want you to come on back into the office and take a look. And then I remember you asked me, Dave, you said, if I then said, come back in two weeks, how would you feel? And I remember looking at you and saying, well, I don't want to come back in two weeks. I want to come back right now. And you told me, right, I want everyone in your audience to feel like you just told them you saw something on their x-ray. You saw a little something, might not be big, but you saw something. And I want everyone to walk out of that room thinking, I have to go see this guy now because he thinks he saw something. Well, the same goes for every speaking engagement that you, that you do, that, that, that you engage in. Um, you have to make the audience understand that not only do you understand their problems and their issues, but they have these problems. They have these issues. And that the way they're going to solve them is not by, you know, 
uh, feeling good about what they're doing or leadership roles within their company and stuff. The way they're going to solve their problems is by calling you. Or if I'm speaking, by calling me. That's what you need to do. You need to touch that pain point and make sure that they understand that not only is it a pain point they have, but you're the guy or you're the woman who can solve, can fix that pain point. That's the strategy that you taught me that I pursue and that launched uh, a career um, that has led to my boutique law firm. All right. Well, so tell our folks that are watching now, tell the people who are, who are watching us on YouTube, listening on the, on the podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, whatever, tell them specifically how you acquire these speaking engagements now. What, the way you get speaking engagements now is very different from when you first started. How do these engagements come to you now? So how they come to, to, to me now is largely by... Uh, word of mouth, okay, because when you speak at one uh, event and you're seen and people like you, they start talking, and when they start talking, other events sort of pick up on that, and they'll reach out to us. That is the uh, way that, candidly, it's, it's happening right now. However, um, it's not, it hasn't always been like that, and I think in order to get to that position, what you first need to do is you need to talk to your clients. You need to talk to the people that are your customers and you ask them, what events do you go to? What, what, where do you, what do you read? What industry magazines do you read? What events do you go to in the next uh, six months? Where do you see yourself attending? Right. And then they'll tell you, I mean, they have very definite ideas about what they read and where they go and so on. And at that point you take that information and quite candidly, you simply call the venue or you reach out to the venue and you explain, I'm so-and-so, uh, I deal with these pain points, uh, I have a lot of customers that have recommended your venue to me, your, your, your magazine to me and so on. I would like to talk to you about adding value to what you do. And I think that those are the words that are very important when you're trying to find a speaking venue or a magazine that you wanna write for, you're going to add value not just a contributor, not just another speaker, because speakers and contributors are a dime a dozen. You add value. And again, I'm not saying anything that you, Dave, don't already know, because you taught this to me. I'm just regurgitating it to you, but hopefully I get an A in, in my memorization and utilization skills. Um, add value by asking your customers and your clients where they go and what they do. It's a great source. It should be your first source, I think. All right, and the final point I want you to I want you to bring out for our audience is the value in giving a very focused, narrow presentation as opposed to covering everything there is in an entire right. universe. You do a really good job of picking a specific topic that is right in the front of the mind of your audience. What's the value in doing that? Oh, it's crucial. Uh, you know, I learned as a prosecutor way back when that. Uh, a jury will only remember the last question or the last two questions that you, you know, hammer a witness on. The, a a cross-examination that lasts three days, they're not going to remember what you started with. They're not even going to remember the middle. They'll remember the last five minutes, okay? And why is that? Because we can only, you know, we can only retain so much in our brains, right? With all the things going on, the distractions in life. So you really have to hit upon the two, three, or four points that 
they're thinking about that they will retain, that your audience will retain. So when I go into these speaking engagements, I think, what are the three or four points that are really keeping them up at night, right? That, they, that, that, that the CEO looks up at the ceiling at night and he or she thinks, okay, I'm not going to sleep tonight because of whatever it is. And there are usually two or three or four of those points. And you hit those, okay? If you hit those and you put those inside of a much larger presentation, you've diluted those problems. You haven't addressed those problems. But if you hit those and say, thank you, call me, I can help you with those problems, you're going to get callbacks. You're going to get clients because you've touched the pain point. You've done it in a way that is concise. And uh, it is the strategy to making uh, a speaking engagement successful. Great. Wonderful summary. And folks, if you're wondering uh, how you can get in touch with Brad, I'm putting Brad's contact information in the description on YouTube, his contact information in the podcast bio box that is included wherever you get your podcast. It'll also be on my website. Uh, right down below on the screen right now, I have Bradley Gross's phone number, his contact information, so that you can call him directly. And here's the thing. Let's say you don't work in technology. Brad is a full-service intellectual property attorney. He handles everything from trademarks to copyright issues. And if you're one of my friends who fancies themselves as a professional speaker, you're a member of the National Speakers Association, Brad Gross is going to be your best friend because he can help you take your content and license it to other people because he also does licensing. And if you don't know what licensing is, we could probably do more than one show. We could probably do a series of shows on that. And Brad's an expert in that area too. I wanted him to come on today because he's an entrepreneur and he attracts new clients using speaking in a very narrow niche market. And he expands his market out from there. And that's why I wanted him to come on the show and speak with us today. But he's a full service intellectual property attorney. If you work in the area of intellectual property or you own a business and you want to monetize your intellectual property, give Brad a call. He works all over the country because intellectual property law is covered under federal law. So he's licensed in Florida and New York, but he can work on intellectual property issues all over the country. Brad, what is the one thing, the one thing you want people to take away from the time that we spent together today? What would you say is the one most valuable lesson that we highlighted in our conversation today? Pursue your passion. I think that's ah. what it is. Pursue your passion. Pursue the thing that you're good with or that, you, that, you're, that you're good doing. Um, and, and I think that it can be incorporated into just about any, any job, right? If you like technology, then make your workplace more technologically oriented, right? If you are into art or you're into some sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, anything that, that, that really piques your interest on a daily basis, try to see how you can incorporate that not only into your physical surroundings, but into what you do and convey that to your clients. Let them know that you're doing things that you're passionate about, that you love, because your clients will pick up on that. They will. They'll pick up on that. They'll enjoy it. They'll value it. And they'll pay for it. Uh, they will definitely uh, engage you because you are knowledgeable and doing what you love to do. That's the message I think that you need to convey through what we've been uh, talking about for the past uh, half hour or so. 
Uh, very wise words from a very wise man, my very good friend Brad Gross. Thank you for joining us today. And folks, this is the Do This Sell More show. Please check back with us next Thursday at noon when we release a new episode. Brad, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining us. Folks, until next week, I am Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you do this and sell more. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More.